All right, welcome back everyone to episode seven of the Art of Hospitality. We're back today with another guest. Guest number two is gonna join us here in a second and we're gonna introduce him. But Scott and Adam, how are you gentlemen doing today? Scott, I'll pick on you. Good, good on this side. So ready to get back to work. Guest number two, I'm excited about this one. So this one is uh, close to home for me, so I'm excited. Awesome. Yeah, happy to be here as always. In case you couldn't tell, we're trying to build these in sequence. So it's interesting when you look back and you look at the episodes, we're trying to build a storyline with this. So it'll be fun to talk about this one today. We're really going to dig into some more around growing your inventory, growing your portfolio. So building on some of the discussions we had with Brooke in last week's episode. Phenomenal. So today's episode is Break the Mold to Create Winning Vacation Rental Solutions. I like the title quite a bit. I love breaking the mold. And we're gonna, we have a guest joining us today. I've been told just Booze is the nickname, but the, in the notes <laughs> they have here, Brian Booze. So let's go a little bit further into Brian, his background. We're going to dive into kind of the mechanics of making the offer, talking to the owner, all these pieces. We have a lot to get to. But maybe Scott will go to you, which is that could you give me, there's the last episode, we talked a little bit about building with inventory, having inventory in the door, but there's something to be said for getting the inventory in the door. First, let's start with Booz, his kind of introduction and background. How'd you guys get connected? And then we'll go to Booz in a second for his song choice, but maybe you could give a little bit of history before we get there. Man. <laughs> Conrad gave him the heads up that it's coming. Yeah, All right. Yeah. So yeah, no, th this one is, this one is special because Booz and I have been working together since I started here in 2013. So Booz is... Mm -hmm from way back days. Booz has been riding along this company almost since the beginning. So he and I have had the chance to work together all the way since 2013, Be, have become incredibly close. Like the guy's like a brother to me. We've been through, we've been through battles together. We've had triumphs together. But the one thing about Booz is he's always right by your side. And he is, we talk a lot about the foxhole mentality and Booz is one of the guys in the foxhole, right? N nonstop. I think you're going to learn a lot from Conrad, right? And as he gets into the owner side of the conversation, you talked about it, about the digging in, right? And getting the deal done. Booz is the tail end of the deal. And the tail end of the deal is the hard part. He is the one direct with homeowner. Booz has spent his years at this company, homeowner, homeowner conversation, right? This is the first time as we introduce Rev Booz Collective and have Adam, where Booz has a much bigger funnel and he's going VRM to homeowner. So it's been a learning experience for all of us, but Booz is the end that gets the deal closed. So before we kick over to him for his song, he has listened, so he's been prepared for this. But Conrad, your big push on curiosity content, I, I was hoping you would go episode seven, the one with Booz. I think that would have got some <laughs> traction, right? I mean, I think that would have been it. Uh, I don't know if we're, Adam, are we allowing Scott to title episodes at this point? I thought that was <laughs> I kind of love that one. I'm going to have to say yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. If you're listening, then you know which title we ended up with, but maybe we'll leave it. We'll leave it curious. So for people who aren't listening, they just listen to the episode. They don't know what the title is. First Quick of all, Booze, in, in that for sure. Everybody loves free booze. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but Booze, I can't believe that you work with these guys now. I'm sure it's more level to work with Scott, but kudos to you. Welcome to the show, first of all. So the question that we ask people is, what is a song that describes you? Scott said you knew what to expect, but I'd love to hear it. Yeah, it's that's a very unique icebreaker to, to say the least. Giving it a lot of thought and here's my song that best describes me. I'm sure you all have heard it. It's a classic. It's an old Leonard Skinner, Simple Man. Nice. I love it. Great selection. 
Nice. The song that best describes. We have new genres. I feel like every once in a while a genre comes back, but we're like five deep at this point, and no one's ever picked like the same artist to my knowledge, or no one's ever picked anything there. So no, and I, I like, feel uh, like there's a Spotify list coming up soon. <laughs> That's a good idea. I don't even think yeah. about it. It's, it's, it's going to be awesome. And then Chamba <laughs> coming on, and then yeah, exactly. like, what the hell is this one? Sorry, <laughs> bro. That has to be the only Spotify playlist in history that has Leonard Skinner back to back with Chumbawamba. There's no other Spotify playlist that would have that. That's just there's no way. Right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Boos, for sharing. We appreciate that. Let, yeah, no worries. Let's, let's dive in a little bit. Scott mentioned a second ago, but you've been there for some time together. Could you give us your perspective of your background, specifically with Tan, how you got connected, how you got job, jobbed in, and then your focus with winning deals, your kind of day-to-day like roles, responsibilities? Scott yep. touched on it, but I'd love to get the details from you. Sure. Absolutely. So I've been a part of the uh, TAN enterprise now for, wait for it, 20, a little over 23 years. Ooh, wow. <laughs> wow is correct. I started, uh, my oldest son wasn't even born when I started with TAN. And of those 23 years, I'm going to say close to maybe 15 or 16 of those years, my primary focus has been inventory acquisitions, finding those winning connections with homeowners, vacation rental managers, resort managers, investors alike. And it's been a great venture for TAN, for myself. I've gotten, I've been able to hone my skills in terms of meeting folks and finding that that winning gem to get the deal across the line. So it's been great for these number of years. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Do you have any sense? I, this wasn't in our outline. I'm just curious, do you have any sense of how many you've signed with that much history? Oh, wow. No, it's in the hundreds. If you look at our yeah. portfolio, it's in the hundreds. Thousands, Booza. You got to think. <laughs> well, the stuff right. that's coming. Yeah, yeah, think about that. Yeah, yeah, thousands. That's phenomenal. You might have more contracts under your belt than like 99.9% of inventory <laughs> people out there. That might be a fair assessment, honestly. I've talked to yeah, a lot of them that are sure. 10 properties and they're experts. So it's uh, it's phenomenal <laughs> to, hear that, to hear that background. I like that quite a bit. So the title of this week's episode is well, up for debate, but one of the titles that we suggested at least was Break the Mold. It could be also Win with Booze. The one with Booze, we'll figure it out as we get posted here. But either either one makes no sense. It's a little bit ambiguous. Adam, can you help us hone in a little bit? I know we're having fun a little bit, but what is the, uh, the direction that we're going in? With All right, I'm going to go with Break the Mold, not the free booze. So Conrad, you get to make the smart marketing choice with the title. So I'll discuss that one rather than booze. And in, in true philosopher fashion, I'm going to meander a little bit to get down to the main point, and then I'll probably step back and let let Bryant talk for the rest of the time and explain what we're talking about. To start with, I'll begin with assumptions. I think we all live our lives by assumptions. We get up and we're traveling the same paths and we're working through our routines and we make a lot of assumptions in order to have our day moving smoothly. Most of the time those work, but at the same time, assumptions confine us to certain paths and those paths tend to be overcrowded. If you're taking the same path to work every day, you're probably sitting in traffic. If you're sitting in line at the new donut place, then you're probably about 20 people deep because everybody else is there too. So yeah, it might get you to work on time. You might get a tasty donut, but the reality is you're opening yourself to a lot of competition when you start to make those assumptions and follow those assumptions. The vacation rental industry is very much that way. We operate with assumptions as an industry as a whole. We go in and we go to conferences, we hear some people talk, and we assume that's the best way to do it, and we all get stuck in the mold. And we talked about this a little bit last week with Brooke and growing the inventory. So we touch on blind spots in a number of our episodes, and the Pup Analysis Episode 3 is a good part of that or a good example of one of those blind spots. We talked about how there's a significant portion of the industry that uh, it could potentially even be losing money. That's an assumption that I don't think the industry has. I think we 
all assume that if you're a vacation rental manager, you're making a profit from every home that you manage. That's just not accurate, right? We've now broken that down and we see that's not the case. There's a lot of other assumptions that build up this industry that we're all operating on a regular basis. So today we're going to look at, we're going to think about what it means to have these assumptions around growing your inventory and adding new properties to your portfolio. Now I'll give another quick example, just because this happened to us last week. And it underlies, I think, some of the assumptions that are being built in this industry. And I, I love the air quotes you put across experts a minute ago, Conrad, because I think we're plagued by this right now. I think the industry grew tremendously over the last few years, really since 2008. It hasn't stopped growing, but in the last couple of years, it's grown tremendously. So as a result, you've got a lot of these experts that have come into the industry and you've got a lot of assumptions that continue to be perpetuated, whether it's at conferences or on LinkedIn. So last week we were coming back from Mexico and we had the opportunity to have dinner with Steve Schwab. And it just happens to be in, in Phoenix. Super Bowl is in Phoenix. So I asked him, Steve, have you been really busy as a result of the Super Bowl? And his answer surprised me because I think we all assume that there's millions of people that come into Phoenix and everybody's going to be booked. Hotels are booked. Vacation rentals are booked. And he said they're not that busy. And he started to break it down to me. And the numbers make a lot more sense. So what he said was there's 70,000 people that can stay, that can go into the game. Most of those people are going to travel in groups. So let's say it's four people per group. So let's drop that from 70,000 divided by four to 17,500. Let's assume that of those, 50% stay in hotels because we're still wrestling with hotels and trying to compete with hotels. So that drops it down to 8,750. So the rough numbers for the number of, of homes that should have been rented last week at the Super Bowl, about 9,000. I read an article in New York Times today, and it mentioned that the inventory in Phoenix around the Super Bowl jumped from 5,000 rental properties to 20,000 rental properties leading up to the Super Bowl. So that explains where that gap is. Steve's numbers were right on. If there was only 5,000 homes available, they would have all sold out. There was 9,000 people that needed those rental homes. But we all built up these assumptions as an industry. The media was supporting these assumptions. Airbnb was pushing these assumptions. And those assumptions were completely wrong. So bringing it back to this episode, we want to talk about how you break free from the molds that are currently underlying vacation rental marketing around growing your inventory. How do you differentiate? How do you bring something new? And we've touched on this a couple of times, episode four in depth, where we talk about TAN and we talk about RevBoost. This is a new business model. And with a new business model comes differentiators and new opportunities to stand out from the crowd. So that's what we're going to talk today about. We want to talk about how you can leverage TAN, you can leverage RevBoost in order to create new opportunities that your competition can't, but also that your homeowners haven't seen. Now, I'll, live, I'll give just one philosophical nugget before I, I pass it over to Booz. And this one is around a stoic philosophy that, that sticks with me. Ryan Holiday is an author, been around for a while. He talks about stoic philosophy. He's got a book that's titled Obstacle is the Way. And it always sticks with me in a lot of different ways. I swear it comes up to me probably on a daily basis, obstacle is the way. And when I hear it, I think to myself, okay, I've got to dig in to whatever I see in front of me that happens to be my obstacle. Now, he wrote a book on it with a lot of chapters, so I'm sure there's a lot of different parts that you can pick at here. But my quick synopsis is we've got to figure out what our objective is. We've got to figure out what the process is to get that objective. And then we've got to look for those friction points because those friction points are the opportunity where we can improve ourselves. So if we smooth out those friction points, then the process is going to be easier. But the secondary benefit of that is those friction points of where the competition drops out because people don't want to put in that extra effort. So the obstacle truly is the way. One, you're going to find the right path to get around it or through it. 
But two, you're going to drop all of the competition that you're battling against as soon as you go in and you figure out how to get around that obstacle. So today we're going to talk about two specific, both related to the business model around TAN and Red Boost Collective. One is the guaranteed rent that we talked a little bit about last week with Brooke. And then the other one is hybrid weeks. So I'll leave it for Scott and Bryant to talk about those specifically. But we want to try to help the industry recognize, A, that there's a need to differentiate, and B, that you've got to find the right partners in order to differentiate. And hopefully TAN and Red Boost can be those partners. Right on. I think that's a good overview. I didn't. The Super Bowl thing was really interesting to me. I never, the math there makes sense, but I never thought about it in that way. We all just assume, we hear in our head, like, it's a huge event, right? There must be huge demand, but... All things like this is economics 101, right? You go back to your intro college classes, supply and demand. Like you can oversupply any market of anything. And at some point there's actually too much of it. So that makes a lot of sense. I never thought of it that way. But yeah, let's maybe go to the other side of it and your kind of experience with those pieces. So you touched on hybrid reeks. I'd like to maybe go on that. Do you want to start on that? Or do you want to start on the guaranteed rent piece on your side over there? I think we'd go straight to, to hybrid. So let's jump off a little bit. And I'm going to be real short here, right? And kind of break where we're headed because in Conrad, I'm going to to blame you because, and I'm going back to your experts in air quotes, I'm the last guy to be talking about this, right? There, there is one guy on this podcast right now that can talk about this and it's booze, right? It's one of those things that we've used hybrids again in our own little circle and our own little in- sphere of influence, but essentially the hybrid program is booze's way to get deals done and to prop up owners even further than just the guaranteed rent, right? We Everyone's clear now on the guaranteed rent and we can deliver, we pay you up front, it's game over. But what about the people that are right in the gap that can make a little bit more on retail and that they're stuck on? I don't know if you're the deal for me and Booze has handled, of his thousands, Booze has probably handled 500 of them. So yep. instead of me going on and on about this, I'm the last guy that needs to be talking. <laughs> I'm just ready for you to say, go Booze, tell us about it. <laughs> All <laughs> right, Booze, hit us up with it, go ahead. Appreciate you passing the baton. So the hybrid scenario concept is pretty pretty straightforward, but it's more of a, I consider it a, more of an art than a science, right? So we're going in and we have the guaranteed rent. You guys have had episodes and propping up VRMs with the guaranteed rent concept, but on some occasions, we just don't get there with the guaranteed rent. Uh, owner may be expecting and really dug in on a specific revenue number. So then I have the flexibility of going in and taking some prime weeks and flipping them over to retail. That gives the owner the opportunity to test that retail market, pull down that higher revenue stream, and combine it with the guaranteed rent. So you have that safety net of the guaranteed rent and compound it with the higher revenue stream for the hybrid weeks themselves. Now, these hybrid weeks can range from one two to three to four weeks for a specific deal, depending on the term of that agreement. But again, it's always about trying to find the win-win between the homeowner, the vacation rental manager, as well as Travel Advantage Network. And nine times out of 10, we're able to get there in these scenarios. It's a very comfortable conversation once that education piece kicks in and that owner or vacation rental managers, that light goes off. And they're like, geez, that, that does make sense. Now, <clears throat> there is some risk to the hybrid weeks as well. Because we're pulling down that guaranteed component and we're putting it out there into the to the rental market, which is subject to things that happen in the retail market. Maybe bookings are slow. Rates are getting pushed down. Marketing expenses come into play. You name it. 
But we have a an opportunity with the team that we have in place to monitor these potential bookings or forecasting for these bookings. And we can come in and say, hey, it's about eight weeks from this particular travel date that we've earmarked as a hybrid. There's still no booking on the shelf. There's a small window for us to reach back in, guarantee that week, and make that owner whole. So it's a balance, but we're good at it. We've been doing it for a number, not good, we're great at it. And we've been doing it successfully year in, year out. <clears throat> and it's proven in our renewal rate with our vacation rental managers, as well as our owners. When you look at the Vantage Resort Realty operation, I was actually, again, I've been here for 23 years. I started with Vantage helping to grow that vacation rental management company to 500 plus units. Brooke and I were lockstep brothers as we took that company from infancy to a juggernaut in Ocean City, Maryland. And this particular piece that you had on the table, being able to make the offer, I like that quite a bit. I hadn't heard this concept before too often. We hadn't talked about this previously on the show where you have like another tool in your tool belt. That's what we said in the last episode. Having TAN itself is in and of itself another tool in the tool belt. And this is like a sub-tool. I don't know. I don't know if we were explaining exactly correctly, but it's another way that you, another, yeah, it's another tool you have, right? To correct, correct. And back to the, the guarantee rent, the annual service charges that our clients pay. Initially, the first question that, that I receive as I'm putting these deals together is, I heard it maybe 30 minutes before jumping on this call. <laughs> How can you offer guaranteed rent? That's impossible, but it's not. I have... 80,000 members standing behind me chomping at the bit to, to travel. These 80,000 clients, they all pay an annual service charge, which strengthens my ability to come in and make a guaranteed offer. Now, I'm going to ask a question to you, and I often ask this to vacation rental managers as well as homeowners when I'm working with them as prospects. Our clients are buying into a program where their vacations are essentially prepaid. They're calling into our reservations and our sales team to plot that vacation. So if I said to you, Conrad, would you travel more frequently if your vacations were prepaid? If you had a book bag full of vacations that are prepaid, you would more than likely travel more frequently. Correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So that gives me the ability and the confidence to structure a guaranteed rental deal. Because I know that my clients, my sales teams, my reservationists are going to fill those weeks. We're going to come in and fill those weeks rather quickly in all of these markets. So it's a win-win for all involved. Mm -hmm. And in the past, we've talked about like the history. I think, as Adam was saying, there's been this explosion over the past two years of new people coming into the space. And I think some of the people that had other forms of like guaranteed arbitrage models or leasing models, they were new though, right? They'd been around for a few years. Obviously, that's not the case that we're learning from someone that's been doing this for some time within the structure of TAN and then TAN itself being around for 30 years at this point. We've covered that in previous episodes. I think that's a good way to think about it. Now, hybrid weeks is what we touched on there a minute ago, and guaranteed rent fits into that model. Anything else that we want to add in there, the retail versus the, the I guess, wholesale component, if you will. Scott, is there anything else you want to tack on to what Booz is saying there, or does that do a good overview of like how that benefits, how we can manipulate that offer or make that offer make sense? So it's funny. We... As we started this, Adam said, it's funny how these are tying together and I'm going to tie them together even further. And, and Conrad, when we had Brooke on, you mentioned this, right, about the full calendars, right? Brooke said, hey, when I was standing up Vantage, we would put the TAN properties on there with a full calendar. Think about the hybrid model now, right? Mm -hmm. So you get a deal through the door 
Tan takes, you know, a great percentage of the weeks, but leaves a few weeks available sitting there on the retail market. Think about how that shows now and think about it from your perspective on, on your side of the map. It's perfect, right? It's here's a unit. Oh, there's only a few weeks left. Think about the urgency that that drive. Guaranteed rent is one thing. The marketing offers another. I think hybrid is a very unique component all by itself that really drives it, the final deal. Correct. Yep. And it, Scott, it also works on the other end. So <clears throat> when I'm speaking with homeowners that potentially are considering TAN and they may be on the fence and think they're stuck because they have one, two, three, four weeks that are already committed in a retail setting. That's not a deal breaker for TAN. I can build my agreement around it. Like I said, every opportunity, I believe somewhere in that there's a gym. We just got to work to find that gym. Yeah. Yeah. And the way I think probably the difference that you've seen booze now between a few years ago when you were getting started is now we have all these dynamic pricing tools, right? So now the owner or the manager is a lot more savvy to like in a peak week, the ceiling of what the rates can actually get to is really high. And then the floor of what the rates can fall to in the off season can be really low. I was looking at a tape chart the other day where I think the base rate was like 199. And I think Mm -hmm. I saw a peak day that was 875 or something like that. (laughs) There's differences that occur now that I never saw when I got started back in 2013-14. So what's your kind of perspective on that? If the homeowner is, I know on July 4th, I'm going to get X, you can then offer that, right? As a, as a, concession or as a way to be like, oh yeah, your July 4th week is awesome. Keep it. Absolutely. Now that would be in the retail environment, the guaranteed wholesale component. I'm not able to touch those ceilings, but again, that's where the hybrid is so beneficial and so appealing for those owners that are looking for a set number. We can go in and depict that this particular 4th of July week or for Ocean City, White Marlin is going to do X amount of dollars in a retail setting. What makes it tough for the homeowner to commit to a straight 26-week deal of guaranteed rent when they know for a fact that this unit, this particular week, is going to pull down so much cash. So I'm ready and willing to give that week back to the owner, pop it into our sister company, Casago Delaware Del Mar, and have them pull that retail revenue down for the owner. It's a win-win in all scenarios. Yeah, it seems like any objections that anyone would have at that point is more so just like you were saying earlier. The it's really mechanics or, uh, at that exactly. point. They're then starting to ask questions about the overall operation, how we care for the unit. And those are very easily answered from our point of view. We've got a dedicated staff. I like to think we're the best in the business a 24-hour call center that's ready to take guest concerns. We've got state-of-the-art technology, keyless entry into units, you name it. So we're right there front and center with these homeowners every step of the way. And that's one of the reasons why my renewal rate is so high. And there's a note that we had talked about previously when we were getting ready for the episode about things that are too good to be true. If you had a homeowner who was saying that to you, what would be your reaction to that? You're giving me back these hybrid weeks. You're taking weeks that are a little bit lower. What would be your, what's your typical frame on that as someone that's clear? It's unique, yes, but not too good to be true. Again, (laughs) all of the components that I mentioned earlier help bull up into that, to that offer. Again, I've got the 80,000 clients standing behind me screaming to, to book a reservation. Again, it helps me and gives me the comfort to make this guaranteed rental offer. We, the track record speaks for itself. 30 plus years. I'm a staple of that track record. I've been firmly planted 
not in this particular seat, but I've been firmly planted in the organization for over 23 years now. It's proven. So those kind of pieces all combine on the homeowner side to say, I can have my cake and eat it too in some respect. So there's a guaranteed rent. There's an upfront component to the guaranteed rent side where Scott's talked about this at length in the past where money comes in right away. It's You don't need to worry about it. It's risk-free in that sense. And then you have a higher revenue when you want to, when you can pull stuff out, put it into the retail market and earn more that way. So it really does seem like I use this a lot in my kind of marketing, to be honest with you, which is win-win. And there's a lot of relationships, I believe, out there that can be win. And this kind of sounds like that type of situation. So maybe... Yeah, maybe Adam, you touched on it earlier, but let's go back to you. We talked about PUP in episode three, right? The profitability unit. If you haven't heard that, go back and listen back to episode three. But how do you think this hybrid kind of scenario plays into that where you now have little levers you can pull and little things you can adjust to make it a little more favorable? Yeah, it's interesting. I want to define the audience that we're talking to right now. And I wanted to allow the conversation to play out because I wanted all of these different pieces to come together and you've got to then tie them together to define who it is that we're talking to. Because we're in a really unique situation in this industry where we are true operators and we talk to homeowners. This whole discussion is around some messaging to homeowners. But the reality is that we're also selling to vacation rental companies as well. We talked about last week about all the benefits that we have when we're working with Venturi clients. So we sit in this middle area where we think as operators, we think as business development people, we're trying to bring homes into our retail side so that we can manage them. But then we also think of ourselves as this sales team that goes out and talks to vacation rental companies, and you've got to help them understand the value and where these pieces come together. So we're actually in this discussion talking to both sides of this. The thing that Brooke or that Booze is talking about is directly related to those homeowners because they, at the end of the day, have to understand what the value is. They need to, to believe it in our credibility and have confidence that we can perform for all the reasons that that Brian has mentioned. But that also applies to the vacation rental companies that we're partnering with. One, they need to understand the value. They need to understand that we've got credibility and that we're going to perform. But then they also need to be able to relay this message to their homeowners that, that their homeowners see the value and are willing to be a part of this program too. So they're having the same type of discussions that Brian is having with individual homeowners on the vacation rental side. Now, to go back to your PUP discussion, yeah, I think that... This is a huge opportunity because you touched on wholesale versus retail. And this is a concept that I don't think the industry talks about very much. 99% of this industry is retail. It's traditional vacation rental. It's everything we think about that a vacation rental manager does. Then you've got this small segment that is wholesale. You could think of tour operators or golf groups. TAN fits into that second category of wholesale. And the difference is that in order to get access to these niche groups, golfers, for instance, or TAN's 80,000 guests, there's usually something that you need to trade for that. And typically that's going to be a small discount on the rate in order to get access to this closed group of customers that you wouldn't have access to otherwise. And we do that in a lot of cases. And the situations that Brian has talked about where you can leverage guaranteed rent plus hybrid, where you're getting the benefit of retail weeks, but you're also getting this guaranteed rent is a huge opportunity that the rest of the industry can offer. That is unique to the TAN model, to the RevBoost model. Now, the benefit of that is that our partners can get access to that. So when we go back and I talk about that obstacle is the way mentality that I mentioned at the beginning, right? If you start to break that down, what you've got is an industry that is focused on the same type of marketing to build their inventory. And I mentioned this last week, but it's the same as I was doing in 2008. It's direct mail. Now, how are you doing that effectively? 
a lot of people aren't, right? The first question is, do you have a plan and are you executing that plan? It's a lot like a fitness plan. Yeah, sure, I could wanna get in good shape, but if I don't have a plan and then I go out and execute that plan, then it's not gonna work. So do you have a marketing plan? Are you executing that marketing plan? You probably drop out the majority of the in industry just on that alone. They don't have a good plan. They're not executing the plan that's in front of them for whatever reason. They're spread thin. They don't have the right team. Let's say we drop 50% of our competition just because they're not executing the plan that's in front of them. Then you've got some people that have a plan, but maybe they don't have the right plan or they don't have the right tools. Again, I might want to get in shape and I want to build muscle, but I go out and run a marathon. Those two things don't work together. You've got to have the right plan and you've got to have the right strategy to execute that plan. So let's drop another 50% out. So now what you've got is marketing people that understand they need a plan. And then they understand that they need a sales team to execute that plan. And they understand that they need some sort of CRM, like a Ventori, to make sure that they can track and make all of that work. That's the upper echelon of this industry today. And I'd put all the Ventori clients in that upper category. I'd put the really solid vacation rental managers that have been doing this for a long time in that category. So you've now cut the cream of the crop down to just the very best. How do you stand out from even that group? And that's what it comes down to with this discussion is it comes down to the guaranteed rent and then Bryant's expertise with hybrid, because sure, you got the phone to ring with the guaranteed rent, but now you've got to get that VRM across the line to partner with you, or now you've got to get that homeowner across the line to actually give you their unit. That's where the expertise around the deal mechanics, the concept is straightforward. The challenging part is actually putting it into practice and making it work. Yeah, mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more, Adam. And to add on that, the sweetness is everybody has a bucket of lower performing inventory, right? Nobody's yield is at 100%. So that low performing inventory that a vacation room manager has, that's my sweet spot. And we make beautiful music together. I come in, I scoop up that 10%. They don't have the headaches of trying to market it. Their phones aren't ringing for this poor performing inventory. They can then turn their efforts and concentrate fully on the inventory that matters most, the higher yielding inventory. And we come in and take an owner's low performing inventory and make it perform high in a matter of minutes, weeks. And the time to get those listings on board isn't typically a, a factor either. You guys have the, we've talked in the, in previous episodes about like the boots on the ground mentality, having all the right operations in place and things like that. Correct. And that's a, that's an easy piece of the puzzle as well. That's already figured out as well. Correct. Yeah. Hey, I'll add one thing to that, Conrad, to go back to the underperforming units. As we've talked about with our pup analysis, I'd estimate there's probably 10% of this industry that's underperforming, whether that's breaking even or even worse, losing money. I think the economic pressure that's coming at us is going to even broaden that category or it's going to intensify the 10% that's already there. Yep. So what we have the opportunity to do is come in and support all of that segment of the in inventory. So it's not only the support of the vacation rental managers, hopefully they keep their inventory, they can continue to have a better overall value of their company, but also supporting the guests and the homeowners. They need great managers to manage those units. They need quality vacations that are affordable. That's our opportunity is to step in and to start to support those affordable units. But the thing that really surprised me, and again, I've known the model for TAN for a long time, but once you get in, there's a couple things that really started to surprise me. One was we release inventory on Tuesdays and the 80,000 guests pick up the phone, get online and book inventory. I don't know of anyone else in the industry that could release inventory and have the phones ringing that quickly. So that goes to support Brian's perspective of I have confidence giving these upfront payments for guaranteed rent because I know our guests are going to book the properties that we put in here. 
But the other concept that is really surprising to me, I mentioned the wholesale versus retail. And typically, if you're going to get into that wholesale category, you're going to get access to these niche groups of guests that you couldn't otherwise. You got to get some sort of trade off and it's usually a small discount. But the reality is, and I don't know the percentage, Scott and Bryant might have a better understanding of how many deals they've done like this. But there is a strong percentage of our clients that actually do better when they work with us. And that, again, goes back to that underperforming category. Their margins on a small unit that's outdated, that's off the beaten path, are really thin. If you don't get the ADRs that you projected or you don't fill every night that you projected or that property is not maintained, so you got to roll those trucks over and over again to fix the same things because the homeowners aren't making those updates, that's going to take away that margin very quickly and potentially spill over into an area that you're actually losing money on. So when we factor in TAN and we make these upfront offers and we can take all of that off the table, you don't need to worry about marketing. We're going to pay you for operations. You don't need to worry about the guest services and the homeowner services. We can almost overnight turn that unit that is potentially going to lose you money into a profitable unit for the manager and the homeowner, which was exceptionally surprising for me. Yeah. yeah. And I have to double down on the fact that it's overnight because we're we're paying up front. So the risk is gone. Exactly. Scott, what do you think about this? Do you agree with Brian? I see why you brought him on. Like He makes a very compelling case. Listen, he's the best at it. Right? And again, yeah. that, that's the value here, right? What we've built with RevBoost Collective, right? And bringing Adam on, you're looking at an incredible team right here on the screen, right? Adam with his awareness of the industry, having the conversations up top and then pushing them down for booze to work on the mechanics of, of the deal. Again, it goes back to what we talked about and what we keep talking about. We're here for value and to provide value, Conrad. And now I think having booze on here with us today, you can see that we, we're real, right? We've been doing this. This guy knows how to put it together and he's not looking to say, oh, this is all about us. I mean, when we were looking at Ocean City, Conrad, we were talking with a company and we were potentially going to, I was going to acquire a company in Ocean City. They had a small portfolio, it was 25 or something units. I brought that to Booz and said, look at this list. What do you think works for us? And this is 100% truth. Booz came back and I think it was, I think it was 25 units. Booz came back and said, with 10, 17 of these owners will make more money this year than they did last year. Right from go, he basically said, they're better suited in 10, they'll do better all the way around. That That is the value. And again, that's where we can bring and put this into real terms. Adam works at, with all the VRMs. He knows them all well. Booz has the mechanics down. So there wasn't much for me to say this time around. We have <laughs> two of the best guys. <laughs> in the business, Conrad. Yeah. 68% was the number I just came up with on the, I was curious, like how, what percent is that? And the answer is 68% of their inventory. They were basically letting underperform and probably causing them a lot of headache and a lot of stress yes. along the way. It wasn't just, they made less money. It was like less money and more painful, which is a pretty uh -huh. bad combination of things. Hundred percent experience. <laughs> awesome. Who's anything else to add in? You're our second guest. So we want to make sure we get everything out of you that we can, or do you think uh, we did a good job of over? No, not really. I appreciated my time spending with you, meeting you, Conrad and Scott and Adam, always a pleasure. And hopefully I'm invited back soon. <laughs> yeah, no, we'd love to, we'd love to have you back. I mean, you bring the, when you bring the truth and you bring the juice, like the facts, I think those are what people like to listen for. And obviously we try to do a good job each week, but the guests have been fun. Anything else we want to do in the review side this week, gentlemen, or do you think we should dive right into a goodbyes and put a bow, putting a bow on this one? 
Just our Maybe. typical begging for reviews. That's about all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> leave us a review so we can let more guests come in the door. If you have funny booze titles, perhaps, or funny booze <laughs> jokes, we'll leave those, in the, leave those in the comment of your review and we'll read those out go. in the next episode. All right, phenomenal. Thank you so much, guys, for joining. And then, Booze, thanks for coming on today. We will catch everybody here on the next episode. Thanks so much. Bye.